We are back at it. Welcome back to another edition of the Pistols Firing Podcast. I'm Carson Cunningham, joined as always by Kyle Porter. Kyle, we're about two weeks away, 14 days out. Are you, are you getting excited yet? I am excited. Uh, yeah, we uh, there's a lot going on in my world right now uh, that we'll we'll talk about later on probably, but uh, no, I'm I'm pumped. It does it doesn't it always this always happens where you're like, oh, season's so you know so far away, so far away, and then you're like, wait a second, is this starting in two weeks? Like, is this is this really happening? So yeah, I'm pumped. Um, it's a good spot for Oklahoma State. It's not a game you should lose certainly, and I think that they can just kind of do what they do on offense and, and should go up and, and beat Oregon state pretty hand. Do we know, is there a line? Is it, what is it like 17, 20, something like that? If it's 17, I need to fly to Vegas. Um, <laughs> I'll look it up, but you're, you're not getting any um, Arizona vibes. Remember West Lunt going on the road, a freshman quarterback on the no. road, West coast. None of that. <laughs> I mean, if the, if it starts going like that, they'll just give it to Chuba like 55 times and, and, and get to make me state. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's it's going to – I mean, again, Oregon State, we've talked about it. They won two games last year. They're terrible. They can pretty much name their score. I guess things to look for would be, you know, obviously quarterback. Uh, how quickly do you get Chuba off the field? Because I don't think they want a Justice Hill situation like they had last year where he was banged up at the end of the year. So well, that would they... be interesting to watch. And, of course, the defense. Can they can they stop a team with no pulse? <laughs> yeah. By the way, I was thinking about this. Do you think we can go this whole podcast without talking about the quarterback situation? I don't think so. Nor do should you, we. Do I you think want we had a, to? I do. We had a spirited discussion last week. Um, are you feeling where? Where are you at this week with uh, the quarterback I just, situation? I, I don't know, man. Like I, I'm just kind of tired of it. You're, you're tired of it? Yeah, I'm just in like, what way? What, I'm just like whatever. Like I, I don't. I mean, just us hollering about it is not going to change anything. So it's like, okay, well, what? I mean, they're going to play two guys, and that's just how it's like. Like, I, what is there to like holler about? Well, I mean, I don't. I mean, I think they're going to play two guys. That's the word we're getting. But I, I do think one of them could win the job here in the next couple of weeks, two weeks before the first game. I mean, I think. Really, it's it's comes down to the, comes down to the next six to seven days because then you start to enter game week and you have to get the first team quarterback with the first team offense. I think that's to me that's the most important part. And I know it annoys you the fact or the idea rather of a of a two quarterback system. I think you have to have a one quarterback system just for the reps. I mean, it's these guys have not played together in a real game as far as the quarterback and the receivers and really the whole offense. So I. I do kind of think they're going to play two quarterbacks, and I've, I've always I've thought that just recently with all the comments we've heard all, all throughout the offseason. But Mike Gundy, I think, in his heart of hearts, wants to get it down to one just so, for the reps. I mean, that's all he ever talks about when it comes to quarterbacks is first-team reps. So maybe maybe Spencer Sanders could could win the job outright. We don't we don't know yet. That's why I don't think – that's why I think you, your, your exasperation last week was a little, a little crazy to me. What, what, what do you mean? Well, you were just like frustrated. And I was like, well, Kyle, you got to let this play out. No, I get that. No, I'm frustrated by the logic of it. Like I always go back to the logic of like, and Gundy did it again this week. He said, you know, it's not better. It's there's no advantage to playing two, but basically we're, we're going to play two. 
And you're like, well, what the hell, man? Like, that makes no sense. Like, like just think of like take Spencer Sanders out of it, take Drew Brown out of it. You got me worked up again, by the way. Like, just <laughs> think about like the logic of that rationale of that statement. No advantage to it, but the but but and and you're right, like he about the reps thing. Like there there is no advantage to it, but but they're also going to do it. And so you're like, well, I, I just, I, I don't know. The logic of it just does not. And the word that I keep hearing from him, from Sean Gleason, well, uh, they de- like so-and-so deserves, so-and-so deserves this. Two guys earned it, so they deserve to play. And it's like, okay, well, is this Little League or is it, you know, Power 5 college <laughs> football? Well, bear with me here with this thought. What if... Drew Brown's as good as Spencer Sanders is. Have we have we discussed that on the like that's not out we have not seen Spencer Sanders take a single snap of college football. We know all, all about his recruiting. We know all about the hype. But is there a chance that Drew Brown's just as good as he is? And they 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 truly can't separate from one another. Is that is that too much to ask to play two quarterbacks for you? Yeah, man. Because what are you what are you doing for next year? So you're 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 sa- you're saying not only are we purposefully debilitating our quarterbacks this year by not giving them all the reps that they need, but we're also shortchanging our guys next year by not giving our quarterback next year the the proper reps in 2019. Or they're trying to win football games, and yeah, each but- quarterback has their moment, and you got to play both to see who wins the job going that, into Texas. That does it doesn't make that doesn't make any sense. Now now I'm just trying to fire you up. Yeah, and it, and it's just if 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 uh, if Drew Brown's better, like if he's better than Sp- I I I freaking wrote down on my notes like do not talk about the quarterbacks on this podcast. <laughs> and of course, of course, this is what we're doing. <laughs> if Drew Brown's better, play him. Yeah, great. Let's do it. Let's go. Thirteen games, whatever. Let's let's play Drew Brown. But if they're equal. And it's and it's a disadvantage. Gundy's essentially saying it is it is a disadvantage to teams that do not have a single quarterback, and everybody agrees with that. Barry Trammell wrote about this the other day, and but we're still going to do it. I just I just it I don't get that. I don't well, get it. I I side with you on this debate. I mean, I I think that you should just just throw Spencer Sanders out there, play him, let him go through his growing pains, and move on down the road. But I do think Sean Gleason is not opposed to playing two quarterbacks because when he was asked about it, or I asked, I don't know if it was me or someone else asked about the fact that he played two quarterbacks at the same time. And would you see that at OSU? And he said, look, the reason we did that, and he goes, we actually played three at one time, is because they were three of the best players on our team. And he said it was no different than having three tight ends or two tight ends and putting them on the field at the same time. So I'm I'm intrigued by that idea, putting them on the field at the same time, which I think would make your head explode at this point. But uh, <laughs> I think more than anything, I think it shows that Sean Gleason's not adverse to playing more than one. And I think, and again, I I'm with you. I would play Spencer, and I would I would get my franchise quarterback playing immediately in all the snaps. Well, and I, I think something that you said that I, I think is right, and I agree with it, is like, look, if if you're taking all these things into account, right? Like spring ball, summer workouts, uh, especially fall camp, like all these scrimmages, they had 110 practice or 110 play scrimmage on Sunday. Uh, all this stuff that you're taking into account. If you want to take into account the Oregon state game, 
any and you know like if that's like part of the deal and 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 at the end of all of that drew brown is like the guy like he's better great that's fine like i i understand all that i just don't want them to do this thing that it seems like they're gonna do all year where it's like back and forth back and forth okay who's the guy this week what about this year and it's just like what like and that seems like the trajectory of the whole thing now maybe i'm wrong about that and if i am then great like the or take the oregon state game into account and just you know move on like get get the thing rolling but i don't know it just it feels like a longer term deal than i think anybody wants it to be or or than even makes sense it might and I, again i don't i don't think we know that yet but i, I will to your point and this is the last thing i'll say about it and we can move on the the two quarterback system and i think this is what your main overall point is just the two quarterback system doesn't work just go back i always remember the university of florida steve spurrier he had Rex Grossman, who was out of this world awesome as a sophomore. And he had Jesse Palmer, and he kept trying to play Jesse Palmer. And he was nowhere near as good as Rex Grossman. He rotate them like via series, not even like a quarter. He would just go series, series. And that just, it, it was horrible. It, it, the only time it's ever worked is when you have a short yardage running quarterback to just to come in and get first downs, like with Tim Tebow when he was a freshman. The, the two quarterbacks doesn't work and I think Gundy knows that and it's hard to hard so while it does seem like they're going to play both throughout the whole season I I, I'm dubious I think I think ultimately they'll settle on one so we'll have to wait and see okay let's talk about something else uh Carson we have before we get on to some more football news and and a few other things uh we launched a couple things this week PFB has a forum now message board yeah boards welcome to 1999 20 years later Am I an admin? No. Do I get to like? Do I get to like come in and like take over threads and stuff? I, I don't mean, have admin capabilities I can, yet. I can make. Yeah, I can. I can set that up. Okay, I, I might have to peruse the forums. I used to be big on the forums back in like college. It's been surprising. Yeah, it's been surprisingly fun so far. It's been I great. Just, I, I think... will caution you: be cautious of the person that has inside info that's posting. You know. I heard Spencer Sanders threw a 85-yard <laughs> touchdown pass in the air at practice yesterday. No, I think th- here's the thing. So, so I get wound up, and I know you get wound up about like the PFB Nates of the world, and just these people that it's like, man, working online is kind of a it's kind of a beating. And I think you forget that like 90% of it, 95% of it is like really fun, good community around a specific, you know, interest. And for us on this site, it's, it's Oklahoma state, it's Oklahoma state football, basketball, whatever, baseball, recruiting, Mike Gundy, whatever it is. And so it's been really fun to sort of you know, trade ideas and go back and forth with people and, and get emails from people that, that it's like, they, they like really like the community and the, and I, it, which sounds so dumb of me to say out loud. Cause I've been doing this for eight years, but you forget that sometimes I think. No, that's, that's a great idea. It's a great place to, uh, to congregate. I think, I think people have tried to do that in the comments and just like, just to have general discussions about OSU and the comments just don't quite read like a message board. So yeah. that's just an easier forum to reply and, and get individual topics going. So I think that'll be good. That'll be good for, um, for fans to check out. It's, it's yeah, amazing excited. to see how your site has grown over the years. 
I'm excited about it. We have a premium portion of it. Uh, if people want to sign up, you can sign up for free just to just to hang out and chat. Uh, but we do have a premium portion where um, where the Kyles and I will be hanging out. Kyle Boone dropped some some Cade Cunningham news uh, in the premium portion. Ooh, spicy! Which was, which was pretty spicy. It was actually really interesting. So people can go check that out. But if you want to sign up, pistolsfiringblog.com uh, slash plus is what we're calling it. PFB plus. And again, if you want to just comment and hang out in the forum, you can sign up for a free account. There's no no charge there. Uh, but if you do sign up for the plus version, you get ad-free browsing on the site and uh, you get to hang out in the, the premium portion of the forum. So nice. uh, pre- pretty fun. Yeah. The, the, the podcast will still remain free. Yeah, the podcast is free. Yeah, that's a great deal for for the listeners. <laughs> yeah, free. Yeah. I did. I did get. This is not official yet, but I got a. I got a hilarious uh, potential ad- advertiser uh, after after uh, talking about it last week. Uh, I told you about it. Uh, I'm really excited about this. I, hopefully, it'll go through because it's it, it will be the ad reads will be just off the charts. Very good synergy is all I'll say, <laughs> as if, if that comes through. But hey, if you if you want to sponsor the pod, email Kyle. What's your email again, Kyle? Uh, it, well, just pistolsfiringblog at gmail.com. And, there and we I go. S- I see all that stuff. Um, yep, fire it off there. Yep. Okay. What? There, which which direction do you want to go here? We got a bunch of different – there's nothing huge, a bunch of different little stuff. I, I saw you commenting – let's start here. I saw you commenting on uh, Justice Hill. Preseason, yeah. what? Give me your give me your Justice Hill thing. That's where I wanted to start, actually. I mean, one of the guys I follow retweeted the video and said, "This is one of the best one yard runs I've ever seen." <laughs> and it, and I would encourage people to go watch. It really was. And like uh, Evan Onstott, who's our main news anchor at Channel Five, I, I showed the highlight, and he was like, "Man, that." He's like, "He runs hard for a little guy." And I was like, "Yeah." I, I tried to explain, you know, like last year at OSU, you know, he or his career at OSU, really. He's he's a speedster, but he he's really tough running through the tackles. We all remember the Bedlam game where he ran over a dude. Um, I, I think by the end of the year, Kyle, Justice Hill will probably be starting. I mean, I, I like Mark Ingram. He's had a good NFL career, but he's kind of toward the back end of his prime. And Justice Hill can catch the ball. He can do so many different things. And as he proved on that one-yard touchdown run, he can score on the goal line against NFL bodies. So I think he... He's poised for for a really good rookie year. I think he's been playing a lot of snaps, regardless of whether he's a starter or not. How old do you think Mark Ingram is? Oh, well, he played three or four years of college. I'll say he's twenty eight. Twenty nine. Twenty nine. So he yeah, like, I mean, he, he feels like he's like thirty five. I mean, that's like Adrian Peterson's thirty four. You're like what? Yeah. <laughs> who still looks like just a gazelle out there at age 34. But uh, no, I mean, Ingram's, I mean, once you hit 30 at running back, that's like your career's over. Yeah. So I think, I think justice has a, a really good, that, that was the the cool thing about where he went. He obviously didn't go as high as he wanted to, but I think he fell to a really good spot. Yeah, for sure. And, and that's exciting. And I think that you're seeing a lot of guys and Kenny commented on this the other day, just how many OSU guys there are in the NFL right now from justice to, you know, the more, the more obvious guys, but then also like the younger guys, like, um, like Tyron and Marcel Aitman. I'm fascinated to see if Tyron makes the Texans. There's a lot of, a lot of buzz, uh, out of Houston about him, about him latching on you, you would, <laughs> you might buy a Tyron Jersey. <laughs> 
I would have to like cut off the bottom to where it's like a midriff shirt, <laughs> just to make it truly authentic. Can but you no, wear? I mean, can you wear that to play golf in? I not at a country club. Maybe at the <laughs> Muni, I could pull that off. Can we talk about your score from last week, by the way, while we're on it? Oh, people don't want to hear about that. Oh, I want to hear about it. I uh, shot a career low 71 at the Greens Country Club in Oklahoma City. Uh, 30, it was an, 32 on the back. 32 on the back, five birdies, and missed a few birdies, by the way. Uh, it was an out-of-body experience. I, I equated it to Trevor Knight in the Sugar Bowl, Mario Bogan against Texas. Uh, it was just an out-of-body. And it was really cool, too. My, my girlfriend surprised me for a late birthday celebration. I had to work during my birthday, but I took the next week off. And my two best friends from Austin came up. We've been trying to get a fivesome together with these other two guys that live in Edmond. Didn't work out. And then she surprises me with my friends coming up. And we had the, the fivesome and could not have picked a better could not have picked better company to, to shoot that low. And, and all those guys hadn't really seen me play in a while. And they were like, what in the world has this guy been doing? Like one of the guys used to be an assistant golf pro. And he was just like, if you come in here with a 10 handicap and play like this, I'm telling you, there's the parking lot. You got to go. <laughs> you got to go. He was he was pretty amazed. Uh, that's awesome. That's but, a, that that's a fun day. I, I wanted to hear about the seventy one. Um, yeah, that's great. Okay, uh, okay. So the the other thing that I had. This is this is so like this is very, like you could kind of see this coming, and it's very on brand for Gundy. But he called in his um, his little media thing the other day. He called Charlie Dickey, the new offensive line coach. He called him a gold mine. He's a he's a, he's a gold mine. Like I I feel like he, I think that Gundy feels like he's found his Joe Wickline replacement, right? After cycling through like all these different offensive line coaches, and they're paying him like it too, right? They're paying him I think five hundred or five fifty something like that. I'm just I'm really intrigued by because this is something that and we've talked about this with Bill Haston. We we always go back to like what was the centerpiece of those like eight, nine, ten, eleven teams. And we talk about Whedon and Zach and Dez and Blackman and all these guys, but really it was it was elite offensive lines. And I'm really fascinated to see if Oklahoma State can get back there under Dickey. Yeah, and he had longevity at K-State, too, so you hope he has the same longevity after all the turnover they've had. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, I, I've heard and continue to hear, Kyle, that the offensive line is going to be by far the most improved unit on the team. Mm-hmm. I heard this guy is is already working wonders with, with the, the talent that he inherited. And you mentioned the salary. I think that's an excellent point. Like, Adam Lunt's been beating this drum on, on Twitter a lot. Just the lack of budget that OSU has compared to, let's say, the University of Oklahoma. We don't talk enough about the job Mike Holder's done for coaching salaries. I mean, especially, too, considering, you know, they're not really bidding against anybody when they hire a Mike Yersich and pay him $500,000. They're not really bidding against anybody when they go hire Charlie Dickey. Now, I'm sure Dickey had offers, but... OSU's done a remarkable job to keep pace with the coaching salaries despite the limited budgets that they have. I think that's not talked about nearly enough. That's part of the success of Mike Gundy is they've been able to pay competitive salaries. I mean, Casey Dunn to keep him on staff, keep him yeah. happy. Yeah. Uh, that, that's something we don't really talk about a lot, but it's it's pretty important with the history of success OSU's had. 
Yeah, for sure. Uh, so that, that'll be interesting. Uh, okay. Oklahoma state, Arkansas. I think they're scheduled out until like you and I are retired. <laughs> like we will be playing golf together in Oklahoma city at the age of 65 and Oklahoma state and Arkansas will be on their third of four, four football games that they have scheduled. Uh, did you see this, the series that they're playing? I did. They added two more games to the already many years from now series. <laughs> it's seriously like 14 years away. Uh, it seems, I mean, it's great, right? Like there's no, like the take is just that it's a really good idea. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just like Tulsa. You should play Tulsa in the non-conference. I think you should play Arkansas in the non-conference. That, that's a series that I would love to see every single year. Uh, it's, it's a natural rivalry. It's um, drivable for both schools. And is it crazy to you, Kyle, that they haven't played since 1980? Why do I think, like, I distinctly remember OSU playing Arkansas in, like, the 90s. But apparently my my brain just made that up. But uh, it's, it's been far too long. I think, so, well, I think. So I, remember, I remember sitting in the car and my dad was explaining to me that OSU was playing Arkansas, but it wasn't in Fayetteville. It was in, like, Little Rock or somewhere. Like, it was in it, how did, it wasn't how their home stadium. Right? Yeah, it must have been. I, I swear it was football, though. Like I wouldn't. I don't. I don't know. I'm. I'm getting old. <laughs> My memory's fading on me. I think the hard part is like you're right about the Tulsa thing. It's close. Fans can go, but you're also removing some of the um, allure of playing like a you know on the road at an Arizona or going to a north carolina or a michigan or something like that to where you're like oh that'd be a really fun trip but but it but you limit how many fans are able to go to it so it's kind of a i don't know it's kind of a trade-off there but i think like in a vacuum and especially with mike holder you would prefer uh as many fans as possible to go to your non-conference games uh, and and this is a great way to do it well, they go to – is this a trip you're going to make? They go to Boise State in 2021. Arizona State comes to Stillwater in 2022. At Arizona State in 2023. Sign me up for Tempe. It's my <laughs> home away from home. Play all the golf. My home away from home at the Fiesta Bowl. Uh, then Arkansas comes to town in 24. At Oregon in 2025. So there's still some cool trips down the pipe here. Yeah, the I mean, Oregon. How cool is, is that going to be? Yeah, I will be at that one. Uh, no kidding. I've I've always wanted to go to Eugene, uh, at Arkansas in twenty seven, at Tulsa. That's pretty much it for future schedules with the two Arkansas games in twenty thirty two, and twenty thirty three. Okay, I I want to I want to skip. I've got some limited time here, so I want to skip the Mike Holder wrestling interview. Uh, Seth Duckworth sat down with Mike Holder, I think that was last week, and people should go check it out on the site. It's really good. They talked about kind of the future of Oklahoma State wrestling, the facilities that are needed. It's pretty fascinating. I want to come back to it at some point. Uh, I do want to skip it today, and I want to get to a question that kind of popped up. Actually, there's two different ones, and I'll give you your choice of which one you want to answer. Uh, two different questions popped up via uh, our forums, which, by the way, do you have any just off the top of your head names for the forum? We've been kind of soliciting um, different submissions, and, and people have had some good ones. I think the leader in the clubhouse right now is the Chamber, which is pretty oh, great. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. That, the, gun, that might, the gun motif. That might be tough to top. 
Kyle Kyle Boone's suggestion was pretty good. He said the action, uh, which was solid, but the chamber is is uh, elite. I think it's. I think how it's about excellent. how about posts like mature adults? <laughs> <laughs> all of our all of our form rules should just be a play off of Gundy's rant. Yeah, but you have to spell mature M A T O O R. Which also on on your Charlie Dickey, you wrote something about him. I think in the the golf recap when we went up to Karsten, he does look like the most offensive line coach ever, doesn't he? Yeah, he yeah, looks like, exactly like an offensive line coach should look. He's either like drives uh, a, like an eighteen wheeler for a living, or he's an <laughs> or he's an offensive line coach. Like there's oh, no man. there's no other option. Yeah, no doubt. Uh. What was that? Oh, we were talking about the questions that popped up in the forum. Yeah, I think we're, I think we might call it the chamber. I don't know. We're so we're so toying around with that. So the one of the questions was, who's your NBA Jam uh, Oklahoma State duo? If you're playing NBA Jam, with, oh my gosh, yeah. Hmm. How good how good is that question? And then the other one is, who's your Mount Rushmore of Gundy era players? So you can't go Barry, you can't go Thurman. You can't go Hartley, but Gundy era only. Who's your Who's your top four? So which I guess I'll give you the option. Which one you want to answer? Uh, I'll go NBA Jam. Okay. Um, my first instinct was to say Big Country. Yeah. As my big. But I kind of think Byron Houston would be better on NBA Jam. More of a high flyer, one of the best dunkers in OSU history. So I'm going. I'm going Byron Houston. Okay. As as my big man, and trivia question here. There was actually an OSU player that was on NBA Jam that I could pick. Do you know who that is? John Starks. Uh, yeah, he was on it too. I was thinking uh, Brooks Thompson. Oh yeah, I, I forgot that. You know, you I could keep play... forgetting John Starks played at OSU there one you could, year. You could play. Uh, you could play what Brooks Thompson and Doc Rivers or or uh, Nick Anderson. Who who was on there with Scott Skiles? He was on like the Nuggets that year. I remember when, the year I he, was he was on, on it. The Magic. He did play for the Magic too, so probably he was probably on both both those years. But okay. um, um, God, Desmond Mason, how could I not mention put him? I, I might be you want like a three point shooter is the problem and a dunker, I know. right? I know. I'm I'm changing. I'm going to Desmond Mason. I have to have Desmond on NBA Jam. It's like the game was like built for him. I know. <laughs> um, and uh, God, I guess it, so. One of the popular ones was Desmond and Randy Rutherford. Yeah, I think Rutherford would be a good pick. I wanted to say Marcus Smart because he could like shove the player and get the ball back. You know, remember <laughs> that move on NBA Jam? Uh, but no, I'll go. I'll go Rutherford and, and Desmond. That's that's as good of a three a three point shooting and dunking combination as you're gonna get. So two of the combos that I threw out there that I thought would just be f- super interesting. Who did you used to play with, by the way? Like if you were picking, like who 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 is your duo? Um, Sean Kemp and Gary Payton were the, the best duo ever on that game. I, okay. I wanted to play with, Sha- I, I'm a Shaq super fan. Like I'm a Shaq loyalist. People ask me who my favorite NBA team. I said Shaq. Um, but he wasn't on the re- the game you could play at home. He was only on like the arcade version and yeah. you have to go to. So anytime I went to the arcade, man, I was, I was Shaq. And it'd just be, Oh, Neil all day. <laughs> I always played with Zoe and grandma Ma. Ooh, that's pretty salty too. That's like they, a forgotten great, like Thunder esque team of the nineties. They were awesome. They were so good. They had uh, Muggsy Bugs was on that team, I think. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, a couple, bunch of other guys. Um, okay, so I went the two combos that I threw out there. I, I don't know if these are my final answer. 
Desmond and Randy is is really difficult to beat. Somebody said uh, the guy who asked the question said Keaton Page and Ivan McFarlane, which I was like, ah, okay. I'd probably my team would probably beat your team, but um, yeah. Joey Graham and Marcus Smart. Oof. All the all the defense, and all the dunking. Uh, or the other combo I threw out was Tony Allen and Juwan Evans. Ooh. Tony Allen's defensive rating, he'd be shoving dudes out of bounds and getting the ball back. I was basically just trying to pick different guys from different eras that would like would be just fun to match up. So like Tony T, Tony and, and Jawan, I thought would be a really just interesting duo. And same with Joey Graham and Marcus Smart. That's pretty good. That's a fun I, question, man. That's I a almost nostalgic went, question. I almost went uh, like James on and Desmond, I think would be sick. <laughs> James on with the headband. James on was so good. I went back and rewatched that uh, the OSU Texas game. I did like a like a rewatchables. Basically, I did a look back on it and I kind of live blogged the whole thing. Dude, James on was the best player on the court for most of that game. I like, believe I, it. I know Durant had thirty seven. Bogan lit it up in overtime, but James on was. I mean, his step back was it was unreal. Here's a here's a uh, here's an interesting fact about James on. I think he I think he has the shortest NBA career of all time. Does he? Do you, do you know how long? Do you know how many uh, games he played in? One. He played uh, in. I think it was like six seconds of one game. Whoa! Isn't they went to the D League. He he played G, in G League. Yeah, and he he played forever there. But he played one game. I think it was with the Bulls, and he played for like six seconds. Jeez. Pretty crazy. Um, Okay, let's get to this week's OSU schedule brought to you by Chris's University Spirit, longtime sponsor. Your one-stop cowboy shop on Campus Corner, and be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. We have have OSU sports this week, Carson. We do. Women's soccer. I love that. Preseason exhibition match. Yeah, this was always like when we were in college and women's oh, soccer yeah. started up. It was like, oh, school's like back. Like we're like, you know, this is. Yeah, man. You get all moved in. You, you scope out what party you're going to that night. But before you go, you go to the soccer game. It's just a timeless tradition. Yeah. So 7 o'clock Friday night at the new stadium in Stillwater. Uh, should be fun. They play Tulsa. And then they play, uh, they play Lamar next Thursday. So. Couple of soccer games coming up. Football's around the corner. Uh, fun, fun time in Stillwater right now. Uh, are you going to ask me my Mount Rushmore? Because I've been grinding on it over here. Oh, do you want to do that one also? Can we do that real quick? And then yeah. One, let's, one, one interesting thing after that. Yeah. Let's let's hear uh, let's hear one more time from Chris's University Spirit, and we'll come back and do our Mount our Gundy era Mount Rushmore, and then uh, one interesting thing. Chris's University Spirit on Campus Corner in Stillwater, Oklahoma is proud to be your one-stop cowboy shop since 1986 and proud sponsor of this podcast, Pistols Firing. They specialize in custom-printed Oklahoma State apparel and merchandise and pride themselves on their excellent customer service. They also offer a full line of custom Greek apparel and can even outfit your Little League team head-to-toe. They're located at the corner of 3rd and Knobloch on Historic Campus Corner. You can follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Shop Stilly, shop Chris's University Spirit. Okay, Carson, 
Give me your give me your Gundyera Mount Rushmore. Well, it's the first the first two are easy, right? I mean, it's Tyron. Justin Blo- it's just yeah, Tyron. Tyron again. Tyron with LSU. Tyron's on the the all time Mount Rushmore of underutilized players. Him and Tyree Kill <laughs> are up there. Who else would be up there as well? I have to think about that one for a while. Um, who had a who had a long NFL career that didn't produce at at uh, at Oklahoma State? I don't know. Most of the other guys, I think it I think it might be a, like a two headed Mount Rushmore. Yeah, I'd have to think about that one for a while. But no, I mean it's it's Justin Blackman first. Chris and Carson. Foremost. Chris Carson's on it. Oh, Chris Carson's definitely on that list. Now he did get hurt in in Gundy's defense, but he's he's on the list. He's like the best, one of the best running backs in the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> I know you love that take and how I say it, but uh, it's Justin Blackman, man. I mean, two time consensus first team All American, two Blitnikoff awards. I think you can make the case, Kyle, that he's the best wide receiver in in the history of college football. Yeah, when you just put up his stats and his accolades. So he's on there. Brandon Whedon, probably the most important player in the, in the history of the school. I mean, because they, they revamped their offense from the Zach Robinson mobile quarterback for him, for Brandon Whedon. If, it, interesting what if is what if Brandon Whedon goes to OU, which apparently that, that was he wanted to go there and they didn't have a spot and he ended up at OSU and the rest is history. This is where it gets hard. I, I, I really wanted to put Russell Okung, you know, a top five, top six NFL draft pick. He's an offensive lineman. It's just hard. I'm going to go with with Kendall Hunter. I think, to me, he's the best running back they've had under Gundy. Um, I think he's almost underrated now, now that we get, we get multiple years down the road from him. But I think Kendall Hunter should be up there as well. And in the last spot, this is the, this was obviously the hardest spot. I, I'm going to go James Washington. I mean, he, wow. won, a Blitnik, he, he won a Blitnikoff. Um, I just think he had a better overall career than than des bryant i think des bryant was more important because he kind of made osu cool osu didn't really have an identity before him you know gundy had the rand that's the only people thing people knew about mike gundy and osu and then and then des bryant came along and was on the cover of sports illustrated i'm kind of talking myself into des right now but as far as just career i'll go washington but you could talk me into des you sound like you want to be talked into des yeah i'm gonna put des on there who am i kidding <laughs> I saw somebody in the forum had uh, in the chamber, I guess we should call it, had Justin <laughs> Justin Gilbert on theirs. I was like, here we this. That's what I'm talking about. Like, that's what I want to see. I anybody can put Blackman and Whedon and whatever. I want Justin Gilbert on your on your Mount Rushmore. I mean, top, Jacob like top Jacob five Lacey, NFL pick. I'm surprised you don't have Jacob Lacey on your Mount Rushmore. Well, he's on the all maligned Mount Rushmore and you have him you have him like four you have like four Jacob Lacey heads up on your Mount Rushmore of much maligned cowboys. Ramon Richards has his has a section on that as well. Hey, Ramon gave gave us the infamous Kyle Porter face whenever he uh got that interception in Austin. <laughs> you you made the Kirk Herb Street earthquake face when he got that. <laughs> I did. I did. Uh, we, have a gif, we have a gif of that, and I'm so thankful that we do. I still have it saved <laughs> on my computer. <laughs> okay, so Wheaton and Blackman are on there. I, I, it, it's so difficult because there's so many different directions you could go in. I saw somebody had Brandon Pettigrew, which I love. Gun, who would Gundy's Mount Rushmore be, by the way? 
Ori Lemon. <laughs> Sexton. Brandon, Brandon Pettigrew. Uh, Andre Sexton does everything right. Kendall Hunter. And Kendall Hunter never says a word. Yeah, that's that's, his, that's, that's that's the Gundy Mount Rushmore. That's his four. <laughs> it is it is hard because you want to put, you almost feel like you should put older guys on it. Like you didn't you didn't say Rudolph. You you took Washington off. Um, Justice is a name that it's like it, the, the way his career ended. I I don't think you can put him on there, but. I mean, he was so good, like for three years. Uh, I, I I have to put Dez on. I mean, we're gonna have the same one. Or I have to put Dez on it. And then who who's your? F- oh, you had Kendall Hunter. Yeah. <sighs> See, I don't I don't know that Kendall Hunter was better than Justice Hill and Joe Randall, but he was like you like you said with Dez, he was more important in in the longevity thing. Like he was there for longer. I think. What yeah. are they all four years? Uh, I think so. Yeah, or he might have left early. Actually, yeah. I'll have to look that up. But I mean, no. I mean, if you want to put Justice Hill or Joseph Randall, I mean, Joseph Randall, he he, he was unbelievable. So I mean, I, I have no like again. I think you could put Russell Okung on there. I mean, a, a top pick in the NFL draft, a consensus All American. Um, I mean, you can't really answer wrong on these. Dax Garman? No. Uh, Hunter was there four years. So you can't answer wrong on me. Well, yeah, you can. I mean, Gilbert's wrong, too. I mean, he had a great he had a great OSU career, but we're talking Mount Rushmore here. Parrish Cox was awesome. Yeah, you could put him up there. It'd be tough to put a defense goes. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be tough to put a defensive guy. Yeah, uh, he's, he's mostly remembered for his returning than his defense. Yeah. I so, I, th- I think that I would fun discussion. Yeah. So I, I would go I would go Whedon, Blackman, Dez, and I'll go I'll go Randall. Ah, I want to go Justice. Surprised you're not going Zach. You love Zach. Yeah. I don't know. I need to think about this. I need some time. I need to I need to write my thoughts out. It needs um, like a, a a player by player breakdown is what it needs. I know. Okay. Last thing. One interesting one interesting thing, Carson. What do you got for me? Uh, Victor Hovland, man, uh, leading at the Corn Ferry Tour after the first round. I mean, this guy is just out of this world consistent. I mean, he's a he's a PGA pro, even though he doesn't have his card. Um, I mean, he hit like 75% of greens, 75% of fairways when he was on the PGA Tour. He hit 16 of 18 greens. The guy is just a machine. He makes golf look so simple. He just hits in the fairway, hits it on the green, and he makes about 50% of those birdie putts. I mean, it's pretty easy game when you do that. So it's been it's going to be fun to watch him. Does he, if he wins this tournament, Kyle, does he get his card automatically, or does he, or does he just have to finish top 25? Over well, the three events. So, yeah, there's three Corn Ferry, which I can't believe it's called the Corn Ferry Tour, but three Corn Ferry playoff events. And if you win, you're, I mean, you're, you can't not finish in the top 25. So he doesn't get his card for winning, but if he wins, he will be in the top 25. Oh, no matter what. Okay. Yeah. Like he, he, there's no way to fall out of it. Okay. I think even if you finish like top three, probably. Yeah. So, I mean, so, he's, so, he's on his way. Yeah, he he will be on the PGA Tour next year. 
Um, Brendan Quinn, who writes for The Athletic, did a really good piece on Wolf Hovland and Colin Morikawa, who is uh, threatening to make the Tour Championship this week at, at uh, Medina. But he basically he went to Mark Brody, who is the Strokes Game Guru, speaking my language, and Brody said that Hovland's uh, Strokes Game from T to Green is like like for the year. Uh, an adjusted number based on course and field and everything 1.9 which is for people who don't know is like if you're over two like there's only two guys excuse me there's only a couple of guys that are over two like if you're around two you are like probably one of the best 10 players in the world so small sample size not the best events Hovland did not play in in uh you know, he didn't play in the Open Championship. He didn't play in the WGCs. But 1.9 strokes gained T to green. So, essentially, he didn't, like, in his stretch of golf this summer, he didn't putt very well. And his short game wasn't that great. And he still almost got his card, which is which is, <laughs> which is nearly impossible to do. That's absurd. He's, he's out of this world. I mean, I think it's going to be a legit debate between, like, it's going to be fun to watch who wins more majors over the career, him or, him or Wolf. And uh, I, I'm interested that you brought up Morikawa. He's kind of Kyle. He's he's kind of like the the Dwayne Wade to Wolf's LeBron and Mello. Wolf and Hovland's LeBron and Mello. You know that same draft. Uh, Wade was taken later, but is probably making a, an earlier impact than LeBron and Mello did on the on the national stage. Is that a good comparison? Yeah, you can steal Mor- that from me on on CBS Sports <laughs> if you like. Morikawa is awesome, unbelievable ball striker. Uh, so strokes gained T to green. And again, this was Hovland's number at one point. I think it was 1.88. That was adjusted. And the numbers I'm about to give you are raw, but it gives you an idea of like kind of the company company that he's keeping. So on the PGA tour this year, strokes gained T to green Rory's 2.2 JT is 1.8. So Hovland would be between those two. Oh my gosh. Dustin Johnson, 1.6. Adam Scott, 1.6. Patrick Cantlay, 1.6. Yeah, I mean, I don't know about you, Kyle, but like when they were tearing it up in college and at the NCAAs, like I think you and I both thought they were going to be good early in their careers, but is it possible they've been like exceedingly better than we thought they were going to be? I, I think they both have been so far. Obviously, Wolf won, but just their overall level of play to me has been better than even I thought this early. Yeah, I mean, you can make a legit case that Victor Hovland's the best driver of the golf ball on the planet. Even though he, like, pauses at the top? <laughs> I mean, it's like him and Rory right now. Yeah, it's crazy. It is. Cra- it's it's insane. Okay. You know, uh, my- you know what? This is kind of off topic, but, like, Victor's kind of, like, to your point about him being the best driver, he's kind of, like, low-key, like, jacked. Has he been doing yeah. Body by Glass? Yeah, I know he, he still lives in Stillwater right now. He is. He is. He's, like, every time I see him, I'm like, did he get bigger? I think he did. Like, I've heard he's still living in Stillwater, which I was just, like, amazed by. Because if you think about it, he's from Norway. His He doesn't have an inner circle here in the States. I know Wolf moved to, to Jupiter, Florida, I guess. But Jupiter. He, which that's where I'd be if I was Hovland, but apparently he's still hanging out and still are living with Ekerot. So that's, it's cool that he's kind of staying grounded despite, you know, he's made like $700,000. So, um, but no, I mean it, um, I forgot. Oh yeah. He's probably doing body by glass up in Stillwater. Yeah, he is just 
just an elite driver right now. Okay, uh, my one interesting thing, Gundy is still talking about the 2011 season. He gave a quote to ESPN's Chris Lowe this week. He said, we would have played LSU and we would have won. They were an uh, overload-the-box, man-to-man team on defense, and you could not play our team in man that year. We were too good. That still bothers me that we didn't get a shot. And if the system was set up like it is now, we would have been in the playoffs. I guess those things don't drive me as much. I love for our kids to have success, don't get me wrong, but I don't dwell on it like I used to. Sounds like he's still dwelling on it. <laughs> Put it in my veins. I mean, I I will go to my grave believing they were going to beat LSU that year. I caused a stir with LSU Twitter by saying Justin Blackman would have torched them and Jordan Jefferson would have turned it over left and right against that defense. I and mean, that's just that's what I believe. Facts uh, only. I'm sure LSU fans disagree. LSU did beat Oregon that year, did beat West Virginia that year, who both had really good spread offenses, but they didn't face anything like Whedon and Blackman. I mean, Blackman had 100 yards and a touchdown in about every game he ever played. So I, I just think they could have outscored LSU and gotten enough turnovers like they did every single game they played against Jordan Jefferson. And LSU's offense was in, kind of in shambles toward the end of the year. They couldn't move the ball at all against Alabama in the national title game. I know OSU didn't have Alabama's defense, but I wholeheartedly agree with with Mike Gundy. And I think as we've gotten, you know, eight, nine years down the road, it's still kind of amazing that in a two team playoff they 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 chose to do a rematch. It's just it's it's mind numbingly stupid. Uh Justin Byman would have done things to LSU's defense that would have uh they would have had to move the game to HBO. <laughs> Even though they had Mo Claiborne, Thorpe Award winner, uh, Tyron Matthew, Honey Badger, and Eric Reed, who's still in the NFL, they had I, they had a really good secondary. But I don't care. I, I really don't. You know who else had a good secondary? Washington in, in the Cactus Bowl in 2014, yep. and Oklahoma State had a freshman quarterback who lit them up. So I, I just you know whatever. Stanford had a really good defense. Yeah, like I. Yeah, I don't know. You know how many you know how many SEC receivers had over a thousand yards in two thousand eleven? Zero? Two. Wow. Jarius yeah, Wright. I mean, they, yeah, I mean they never seen anything like like nobody could stop Blackman. Blackman yeah. had a Blackman was dragging his leg against OU the year prior and still had like hundred and fifty yards and like two touchdowns. He didn't have, he didn't have a right leg. He was hurt and he still Can you had, imagine? He, Can he you was imagine? out of this world. Can you imagine if OSU had won the title that year? The national title? Yeah. I don't I don't know what would have happened. Like, where would they be? Like, let's say they did. I mean, this is probably a whole other podcast, and you got to run because you're on Tiger Watch. But it, let's say they win the national title. Is Gundy still recruiting the same level of athlete? Or is he – are they in a different – are they in like the – are they – they're not going to be Clemson, obviously, winning multiple national titles. But – are they kind of on that trajectory where they become a, a national brand? Who knows? Well, yeah, and the what-ifs, uh, the, the, there's so many what-ifs, and I think they revolve so much around Gundy because I think you have a lot of what-ifs around the Tennessee thing and the coaching stuff and his contract and, and all these different – and the recruiting, like you like you said. So many different what-ifs, and most of them are, are Gundy-related. I, I don't know that it changes – yeah, I mean, I, I think it does change some stuff. Like, but 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 here's the thing: like, what does it really change about the hierarchy of the Big Twelve? Because uh, for the last ten years, it's been OU number one and OSU number two. Does that change? Probably not. Like, it probably that just is what it is. Maybe they win another 
Big 12 title because maybe they recruit a little bit better. But in terms of like what they do on the field, I, I, th- I think they kind of just are what they are. Yeah, I mean, we, we've gone over all the bedlams in which they could have won, you know, three or four Big 12 titles. Uh, I guess the largest question, Kyle, is do they replace the 1945 national championship <laughs> sign for 2011 national champions? Uh, what, what a, what a, uh, yeah, that's a whole other podcast. That's embarrassing. It's terrible. I hate it so much. It, it really just, it just opens you up to so many jokes and, you know, OSU or OU people like to mock OSU. It just, it's just free fodder is all that is. We still need to make the shirts. We want army. <laughs> uh, print them up. Let's do it. Christian University of Spirit. We want Bama. We want army. Uh, okay, Carson, I got to go. Good stuff as always. And we will talk to you next week. Or we want LSU shirts, too. We want LSU. We want Army. (laughs) We want everybody. Sounds good. Talk to you later. See you, Carson.